Hello and welcome to The Short Squeeze, a podcast about what's happening in business and financial markets in the coming week. I'm Alex Druce, editor of Markets Live, a daily live blog on the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age websites. In our first episode for the year, we'll check in on the stimulus situation in the US and how markets have reacted to the Democrat blue wave. We'll discuss the ASX 200's strong start to the year and whether the momentum can be maintained. And we'll take a peek at US earnings, as well as the fortunes of Bitcoin. This morning, I'm joined by IG Markets Analyst, Kyle Rodder. Happy New Year, Kyle. Happy New Year. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in at the deep end. Um, it's not been a huge time for corporate news, but certainly uh, we have had no shortage of drama. Let's, let's take a look at... Uh, the U.S. happenings. Now we've 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 seen the Dems take the two Georgia seats they needed to gain control of the Senate and effectively the major legislative organs of of U.S. government. Uh, I think it's safe to say, Kyle, people are quite excited at what that could mean for greater stimulus. Uh, and you know, the markets have really just surged off the back of that development. Uh, is is that how you have seen things unfolding? Yeah, I mean, as simple as that. I mean, it was only really at the at the start of the month that some of the polls in the United States began to suggest that maybe the Democrats were a pretty good shot um, with to, to win those last two Senate seats um, in the in the Georgia runoff. And, and lo and behold, lo and behold it, it happened and, and happened quite convincingly. So, I mean, markets were sort of pricing in the, the, the higher chance of that occurring prior to the date, but it was a pretty sort of line ball as to whether um, they'd, they'd, they'd be victorious in those final two with, with those final two. Um, uh, runoffs um, or, or not, um, they were, and more or less, like you just said, it's it's opened up um, the the prospect of, of a major increase in, in fiscal spending in the United States. So, um, you know, already there's talk of um, almost you know sort of in, uh, recognition from from the Biden in, incoming Biden administration that you know direct payments to, to households would be up from the sort of six hundred dollars that was flat, um, touted in, in the, the, the package that's just been agreed to recently by Republicans and Democrats uh, in the con- current Congress, that'll be increased to $2,000. And then even at the back end of last week, um, you know, President-elect Biden started to suggest too that there, there'd be an increase, um, you know, uh, spending alongside that into, into other areas of the economy that haven't been spe- specified yet, um, which has all led to this kind of reflation trade dynamic re-emerging again. So, it was another pleasant surprise for the market, which you know, for the last two and a half months, seems to be um, just thriving on these sort of you know, sequence of, of pleasant surprises. Um, but we're really seeing our markets price in, you know, a really, really robust economic recovery now, or quite a robust re- economic recovery, um, even despite the fact that you know we've got all those obvious headwinds in the short term that um, you know we're all we're all quite aware of. You're absolutely right. There's there's just this huge uh, optimism. It feels at the moment. Um, one thing I noticed last week in my conversations with uh, analysts and, and traders was that, yes, we are, uh, you know, quite. We're on a high at the moment, um, but you know, looking medium long term, you know, will people eventually start to go? Okay, you know, stimulus, great stuff, but their attention turns then to the the, the incoming policy regime of of you know a Biden government. You know, we're talking you know tax reform, regulatory reform. Does that uh, kind of development have the potential to, I guess, n- not so much scare people, but you know, result in the market maybe cooling off a little bit over the coming months? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one to say because, you, you know, as you alluded to just then, everything's been focused on the increased stimulus, which is, you know, it's fairly trust, justified. We're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars being pumped into the, uh, to, into the U.S. economy, and that's going to be beneficial for the U.S. economy and, and the global economy. There hasn't really been too much talk or attention given to, you know, the prospect of tax hikes in particular yet. I mean, you could argue that, you know, we may have seen that dynamic play out at least, you know, in the day or two after the results from the, the Georgia runoff came through. And, um, you know, you saw like the, the, the big tech names um, as well as the large cap stocks um, more broadly or the mega cap stocks really more broadly, which would be um, more impacted by an increase in, in tax hikes sell off um, fairly marginally. So maybe we saw an element of that. Um, but in terms of what we've seen, say, in the energy sector, which, you know, the um, uh, you know, uh, US um, shale companies and, and um, companies that are tied to sort of old, old energy, um, you know, mightn't benefit from a, a Biden administration. Again, big tech, which um, the Democrats have spoken about for a long time about, you know, um, sort of antitrust actions against um, them. Um, and then again, the sort of larger cap space where um, companies who will be hit by the, the increase in tax uh, corp- the corporate tax rate from what's now at about 21%, so it's what would be around 27 28%. It hasn't really um, seemed to have hit the market. Um, again, we're, we're pretty used to the market shrugging off um, downside risks and just buying in on, on good news. And again, this time it's fairly justified because of how big the stimulus is going to be. Um, but as time goes by, and again, you would assume as this, this stimulus gets priced in, there's going to have to be maybe not enough, um, something that sort of catalyzes a pullback in, in, in broader indices, but at least some areas of the market that might sort of, you know, cool off a little bit just on the basis of some of the risks that are, um, you know, that blue wave um, uh, outcome, as, as we've seen um, in, in US Congress, um, you know, starts to sort of hit from that, you know, regulatory taxation um, issues that, that, are, that are going to be um, prevalent for the next two years at least. Now, I know something you also wanted to speak about, Kyle, was uh, inflation expectations uh, amid all of this noise that's happening in the, in the US. You know, I, I guess, you know, what, what do you see as the, you know, near and long-term uh, issues at play here? Uh, in terms of inflation goes, um, I mean, there was a really big milestone last week where for the first time since September 2018, yeah, US 10-year break-even, so market measure of inflation expectations, I got through 2% for the first time. Um, I mean, that's really quite significant because the big concern, um, or one of the concerns, is there's, there's really sort of, at, at both extremes, um, you know, two, two major risks in the market at the moment. There's, there's the risk that um, the, the economic recovery isn't as robust as expected, um, and that would probably be generated by some kind of failure for the vaccine to bring us back to economic normalcy. But the other other extreme is that potentially with all this stimulus in, in the economy, um, you know, with the potential that a vaccine is effective and, and gets the um, it gets um, the global economy back to some semblance of normalcy sooner rather than expected, that economic growth and, and economic activity uh, more broadly uh, could run a little hotter than expected. And in fact, we could see the economy um, especially in the United States with all the stimulus that it's seen, starts maybe overheat a little bit. Um, and the risk is there is that is if inflation starts to pick up and, and the Fed gets a little bit nervous, um, they have said that they'll allow inflation to overshoot their, their old target. They've, they've, in the last six months or so, changed their inflation targeting regime. Um, but still, in, in the event where inflation starts to get a little too hot and there's a risk that the, over, uh, the, the US economy starts to overheat, you know, potentially there'd have to be the Fed stepping in to, you know, maybe pull back some of that um, support for the, for the US economy, which would, um, you know, more or less um, hurt asset prices. So I think that was a really interesting development last week. Again, we saw commodity prices at, a, you know, a 12-month high, which is, a, you know, obviously a big 
um, uh, you know, uh, push factor for in inflation. Um, again, we, we saw as well um, inflation expectations in the market climb to the highest level in you know a, a year and a half. So, um, although it's it, it remains very much on the you know on, on the distance at this point in time, far far on the horizon, the risk is in, in, in the short term. There is this sort of growing conversation now that perhaps, and, and some Fed speakers even fleshed it out last week, um, that the economy could actually run you know a little too hot. In the, in the not too distant future, with all the stimulus that, um, or this increased stimulus that's going to be pumped into the economy by the, by the Biden administration. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Kyle. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we've talked about uh, what we're seeing in the US at the moment. Let's turn our focus locally, and we've had a huge start to the uh, trade here, Kyle, this year. I think on Friday we finished at more than 10-month highs, uh, obviously taking our lead from the US. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the other things that we're seeing that have uh, have driven the market higher. I think commodities we mentioned before, but iron ore is above 170 US dollars a tonne. Um, you know, what, what do you see at the moment as, uh, you know, adding to that uh, fire that we're seeing under the ASX at the moment? Yeah, I just think the ASX 300 really stands to benefit, you know, more than at least most developed market um, stock indices from this sort of reflation dynamic, this rotation into value stocks that we're starting to, con or we're seeing continue to play out, I really should say. Um, you know, it's been a theme at different stages since the start of the crisis, but obviously it's been um, a really big one since the, um, the Biden victory in the election. It's obviously sort of had a shot in the arm as well in the last uh, couple of weeks or last week or so from, um, like we were talking about before, these sort of US, US fiscal stimulus um, uh, prospects. So, I mean, commodity prices are roaring on the back of that. Obviously, iron ore prices are surging and, and a lot of that to do is with China's economic strength and, you know, sustained rebound there in, in their economic recovery. Um, this sort of pickup in... in uh, Bond yields across the globe seems to be flowing through to the financial sector as well, and, and sort of expectations for their profits going forward. And you know, there's also the element as well is that you know the Australian economy, probably compared to other OECD um, economies, is, is performing really quite strongly. We've got the virus under control, relatively speaking, and it would seem that the measures that policymakers here have taken to try and support um, our economy has been quite successful. So, so from a sort of global macro point of view and then from, from a fundamental perspective, um, you know, the Australian economy is holding up really quite well um, and we're just really benefiting from some of those, you know, broader global market themes that are, you know, driving markets, you know, just, just generally. And again, that's stronger commodity prices, the reflation trade pickup in, in rates, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we're, we're performing really solidly and, and, and really we're, we're only single digits away from record highs, which is, you know, quite remarkable given the, the sort of journey we've been on in the last 12 months. Absolutely. One thing um, you did mention there uh, on the coronavirus situation, um, you know, it seems that, you know, we've we, over the summer, obviously, we had a number of uh, spikes, I guess, uh, isolated cases uh, in Sydney, um, you know, causing a lockdown for certain parts of the city there. Um, Brisbane, obviously, uh, over the weekend has also, uh, you know, gone into restrictions to try and keep a lid on their uh, outbreak. Do you think it's safe to say, Kyle, going forward that, you know, while we do have, seem to have quite a good grip on this virus, 
you know, these isolated cases popping up here and there uh, every now and again, seems like it's going to be the way going forward, at least until, you know, everyone is vaccinated and, um, you know, we, we have more certainty around around uh, that aspect. So, you know, do you think we, you know, it's, do you think we will see continued, you know, little spikes here and there, but then uh, we can jump on top of them quite quickly? Well, I mean, it's probably probably outside my realms of expertise exactly, but I, I guess the way that I see it is what we've had demonstrated to us over the last couple of weeks, and so far so good, so you know, touch wood on, on this one, is that we have had these little um, clusters or outbreaks occur, um, but they have come under control, it would seem, and the markets have taken a lot of confidence from policymakers' ability to be able to get on top of these things and keep the broader community safe and, and keep, for the most part, the, econ- the, the, the economy open. Um, you know, obviously we've had certain lockdowns, we've had, you know, the, the, the situation in, in Brisbane more or less in the last couple of days where there's been a sort of circuit breaker lockdown that's emerged. But these things haven't worried the market too much on, on the basis that there's a confidence that health authorities remain on, on top of things. So. If, if this is the dynamic going forward, I think the market is, is reasonably comfortable with it. And of course, it's, it's coming at a time where, um, you know, last week there was uh, announcements of um, Australia's vaccine regime being rolled out a little earlier. Um, you know, other parts of the world are obviously getting on top of um, their sort of vaccine drive as well. So while, you know, it's almost inevitable that the virus is going to be around um, with us for, for, for some time yet, well into this year and, and maybe even longer, according to, to some policy, uh, you know, some, some health authorities suggest this, this could be a, you know, a permanent feature of our life for, for several years, you know, like the, the seasonal flu is, um, the market seemed to be placing a lot of confidence that at least we're on the right track and the policymakers have got the settings right to ensure that um, you know, our economic recovery can, can continue, continue at, a, at a reasonable tick. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Kyle. If you can see it, the world is yours to trade. For round-the-clock trading on an award-winning platform, visit IG.com. See it, IG it. All trading involves risks issued by IG Markets Limited, AFSL 220440. Okay, to cap things off this week, uh, we've got a couple of topics we wanted to quickly touch base with. I think the first cab off the rank, Kyle, for you was the US earnings. Um, I know you have a, a strong focus on, on the US and, um, and what's happening over there in the corporate land. Can you talk to us a bit about what you're seeing at the moment, what we could expect in the near term? Yeah, well, I suppose it's just nice, nice to be grounded in fundamentals for a change. Um, you know, when we've spent the last you know, couple of months either talking about politics or speculating about you know, sort of vaccines or um, you know, sort of trying to, to forecast the the recover the path of the recovery into the future. You know, at least we're we're going to start to get some really tangible and important um, data uh, from the corporate space as well, which has you know been lacking because of the Christmas year period. It's just just the way it goes. But um, it's looking like like a, a better uh, corporate um, reporting period for, for for US stocks. I mean, it kicks off this week with with the banks. Expectations, according to Bloomberg Intelligence, is that earnings will contract year over year by around 11%, 11 to 12%. If that occurs, it'll be the fifth out of the last. It'll mark the fifth quarter out of the last six where earnings have been negative. Earnings growth year on year has been negative for the S&P 500. Uh, but the silver lining is that we're, we're still seeing upgrades to the earnings outlook. Um, and as we know, corporates tend to set the bar reasonably low for themselves. Uh, when it comes to, to the reporting period so that they can exceed expectations and, and obviously satisfy um, investment markets. 
So, um, you know, the facts that, um, you know, financial data company has suggested that over the last quarter or so, earnings for this quarter have been upgraded by about 2.3%. We're seeing similar dynamics play out um, in, in the quarters ahead. Um, and it's really going to be about this quarter getting a corporate corporate perspective on the, on the major events that have ha- happened in the last three months. Uh, what's the blue wave going to mean for, for US companies? What's the vaccine going to, 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 to do for, for the economy and, and, and for businesses uh, in terms of being able to get them back to a more profitable position? Um, and getting a timeline on all that too, whether this sort of real confidence that things will be you know, starting to normalise as we get through to you know, this, this quarter and the next, um, whether that sort of view that the market holds is, is justified or not. So um, again, the banks kick us off this week will be fairly significant. We'll get a sort of Main Street view on um, on how the US economy is going. And then as we, we, we push through, we'll, we'll be getting this sort of gauge as to whether you know, profit guidance and, and actual corporate profits um, uh, are starting to pick up as, uh, you know, of course, we, we continue to see you know, share prices rise really on, on expectations, hopes and speculation, really. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we, we log off for the, the day, I did want to quickly mention Bitcoin. Um, I think over the weekend, prices cooled slightly, but that's from you know an absolutely huge run that we've seen recently. At, the, at last check, we were at uh, 37,000 uh, US dollars, but we did hit above 40,000 uh, US dollars uh, over the over this um, the early January period, um, huge numbers, Kyle. I've, I guess my my question, probably a lot of people's question, is you know, is this something that's going to continue, or you know, are we expecting quite a, a pullback anytime in the near future? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've spoken about this a lot with clients and you know, other members in the media and stuff like that the last couple of weeks about what's going on. And I guess you have to put it into a sort of short term, long term perspective. And, and like anything in in financial markets, which you know short term um, can be sort of driven by all sorts of speculative factors and, and noise and then the long term you know you sort of make a more sort of broader investment case as to whether um, there's a reason to, to buy into an asset but I think there's there's definite signs at the moment that you know we're, we're seeing shades of crypto mania again uh, a la 2017 not quite as extreme but we're seeing sort of shades of that at the moment in price action um, you know from a technical standpoint we're looking at Bitcoin at, at levels so overbought um, you know that levels that overbought levels that, that weren't seen in 2017 we're starting to see um, a lot of noise in, in the in the financial media about it again we're seeing a lot of retail participation um, once again at least internally at, at IG that are um, wanting to get in on Bitcoin once again um, so and sort of add to that as well that you know you, you get participants in the market which are just there to sort of you know pump price and chase momentum and all those sorts of things in the short term it seems you know 20 a twenty thousand dollar rally in the last three or four weeks is um, driven a lot by sentiment, rather than um, perhaps broadly speaking, a, a you know fun, a fundamental thesis for Bitcoin. In saying that, though, I mean what has changed over the last month or so is that we're getting a lot of um, big institutional money starting to talk up the the, the potential. Um, benefits of holding Bitcoin in a portfolio um, more broadly, getting exposure to Bitcoin. There's obviously the continued argument that as um, central banks uh, pump money into the financial system, um, there's that sort of fair currency debasement um, occurring, which will you know, um, support um, a, an asset like Bitcoin, which has obviously got a fixed supply. Um, and you know, in the last few weeks as well, going back to probably that initial point, is that we've seen some big, um, you know, uh, notable investment names, um, you know, Stanley Drunkenmiller, um, Paul Tudor Jones, 
just to name two, suggesting that you know as a as a way of diversifying their portfolios and and sort of allocating capital into sort of a different asset class um, that they'd be considering or or actually already have purchased Bitcoin um, as a as a way of um, trying to you know probably play that kind of digital gold kind of um, element and um, just you know put put some money aside to, to what is a, a still a very high risk asset so. There, there is that big take-up going on um, from, from you know, smart money, I suppose you could say, which seems to be underpinning a really strong term, or strong, stronger longer-term thesis for, for Bitcoin. Again, in the short term, it looks like it's getting a little bit manic again um, in the market, um, but uh, that's not to say that you know, there isn't fundamental impetus for, for us getting here and that um, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin as a, as a feature of our financial markets and as, a, as an investment, you know, it's not going anywhere, I think. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for your time this week, Kyle, and uh, we'll see you next time. This has been The Short Squeeze, a podcast produced by The Age and Sydney Morning Herald in conjunction with IG Markets. You can follow daily stock market news on our live blog and feel free to subscribe to this podcast via your podcast platform. We'll be back again next week.